Welcome to another episode of the Executive Security Podcast. Today, we're joined by Robert Rodriguez, who worked in security for many years for the U.S. government and is now chairman and founder of Signet. And uh, this conversation is pretty timely with Robert because we are just back from the Signet conference in New York City, uh, where I got to spend some time with Robert and a whole bunch of uh, great CISOs and uh competitors and peers uh, on the vendor side. So it was just a great event. So first and foremost, Robert, thank you to you and your wife and your whole uh, team for uh, putting on such a great event. Well, Gene, thank you for your kind comments. So, so glad that you were able to be part of our purpose-driven community yesterday. Oh, fantastic. And I'm sure you got a lot of positive feedback. Uh, panel discussions uh, were really, I thought, some really worthwhile um some really thought-provoking conversations that happened. So, so for our listeners uh, that are just getting into cybersecurity, uh, Signet won't be your target uh, initially. Uh, but as you move up to uh, leadership roles within uh, cybersecurity, uh, Signet is a great uh, organization to get involved in. So, uh, more, you know, I'm sure you'll learn more about it as we as we get into the podcast. So. Just a little bit about your background, uh, Robert. You spent many years with the U.S. government. Can you talk a little bit about your experience there? Uh, sure. I, I spent 22 and a half years as a Secret Service agent protecting President Reagan, President Bush, President Clinton. Worked undercover, was on a President SWAT team off and on for five years. Wow. Uh, was on a vice president detail, was in the working some threat intelligence, protective intelligence. And frankly, the last two and a half years of my career were amazing, where I was able to build out a cyber community, cyber task force. Wow. This was mandated by congressional law to build out nine task forces in the large cities across the country. Oh, wow. Miami, San Francisco, Chicago, et cetera. And I was fortunate enough on December 18th, 2001, to move to San Francisco as my last post of duty and um, run the operations, but also build out a community. Oh, that's really interesting. I, I think about the Secret Service angle, uh, Brian Palma, the CEO of Trellex, right? He, he talked about being on the Secret Service with uh, George W. Bush. And uh, he, one of the things he said, he was the young guy in the group and he's a runner. And he said they, they would always make him run with the president because he was the only one who could keep up with him. So, it's, yeah, right. <laughs> but that's a it, you know, really interesting um, background. And thank you for all your service uh, as a part of the, of the government protecting our presidents. Uh, that's uh, it's, you know, thank you. Thank God for people like yourselves. So when you think about, uh, you, you know, your switch from the government side to the private sector, I'm sure there's a lot of people in the military or, or in uh, Secret Service, other parts of it. Can you talk about you know, that transition for you and you know the advice that you give to people? I'm sure people call you often to talk about this particular topic. Yeah, I have actually had many, many, many calls and in-person meetings with folks from the government. Well, it goes back to when I was in college, I was mentored by a policeman, a sergeant on Long Beach Police Department. He took me on ride-alongs. I ended up being a police officer in Long Beach. And I never forgot the importance of that mentorship. So whenever I'm called by somebody, whether it's, I have a friend of a friend who's a neighbor of a neighbor of a friend, would you mind talking to them? They're thinking about what they want to do in college or they're going to leave college and move on to the private sector. Uh, yes, absolutely. I've, I've never turned down any of those, those opportunities. But I, I think that when I speak with uh, government folks that are transitioning, I, I talk about a couple of things. 
I talk about risk. So how are you as your risk appetite as an individual on taking chances? So are you like going to be like Sean Henry, go to CrowdStrike and, and kill it? Or, you know, be an entrepreneur, but with big risk, are you going to maybe in the middle, go to consulting, maybe go shirt off group or, or uh, something like that? Or are you going to go back into the dib as system integration, business development, which I strongly um, think that's a bad move for people. But uh, so there's just different ways you think about how comfortable I am as an entrepreneur or I need to be with corporate. You know, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And then the other question is, what is your financial risk situation? Are you an empty nester? Uh, you got a couple of homes, you're flexible, you can move. Or do you have kids that are getting ready to go to college and you can't move or they're in junior high or whatever, right? And then I, I, I say, if you can find that job where you don't need an alarm clock to wake you up every morning, you've found Shangri-La. Right. So, yeah. so go with your pitch. If it's low and inside, pull it. If it's high and outside, go down the right field line. And then sometimes if you can't go with your pitch, take some risk and reinvent yourself. So I basically have reinvented myself um, since I retired a, a couple of times. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the whole Signet organization that you built is absolutely amazing. And it's a, a powerful set of, net, you know, I think proof points of your ability to to network, but it's all selfless and the give back aspect of it, I think is really, it comes through in the organization. And I, the other thing I was thinking about as you were talking about is the, the risk appetite, I think is a great way for people to understand it. I think uh, sometimes with government jobs, the security aspect of it is is what draws people to it, the pension, which is fantastic. My brother uh, was uh, worked for a local police department and he retired at 55 and now he's doing something different. But I think that stability aspect of it. But I think when it comes to um, jumping across, I think the the risk aren't as you know scary as people think. But understanding what it is and saying, okay, should I go to a Palo Alto or an IBM or should I go to a a ThreadX of you know, small? Those are very different experiences, right? So people understanding that, I think that's great guidance. Absolutely. Well, my exit was uh, I was blessed with having a community. I had a huge network when I retired, but my first year was very, very difficult. I was doing some protection investigations. I had some CEOs who had some board meetings and need some help in Mexico. And so I was bringing on some Navy SEALs and former Secret Service agents, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. I had mm -hmm. already done that. What I wanted to do was to continue to build a community, but that opportunity really wasn't there. And it was a really hard year. We had three kids, young kids in private school, and I was making the transition. But I got a call from um, Dr. Doug Mon, who I'd met when he was at DARPA, and he witnessed this growth of this task force from two people into like three, 400 people in two and a half years. Wow. And he was now at DHS running Science Technology Directorate. One of their main jobs was to su support and fund young companies with federal grants. Mm -hmm. He said, Robert, I want you to build a community for me, but I want you to focus on supporting innovators and entrepreneurs, hence mm -hmm. the Signet model. Right. The original Signet model was the Secret Service Task Force, the public-private thing, and connecting, bringing in venture capital, academia, uh, small business, large corporate CISOs, like Sun Microsystem, eBay, Wells Fargo back in the day. And so he asked me to, to continue, but to focus and shift, which I did gladly. and 
that community starting off at Stanford with the events there and then to New York and then DC and then the UK and Australian government wanted our model for the same reasons, job creation, job growth in London, Melbourne and Sydney. So they hired Heather and I to go to those cities, which enabled us to grow a global platform and footprint. And when you think of the ecosystem of an entrepreneur, think of a wagon wheel in the middle is a hub. Those are companies, can be medical device, robotics. In my world, it's cybersecurity. Now, those are interchangeable, but the spokes that lead to the advanced innovation are not interchangeable. On the outside, you've got private equity, venture, investment banking, if you're lucky for an exit, policy, academia to potentially collaborate on, on research, but most important, the buyers. So I focus on three things, the buyers, the sellers, and the investors. Now, the buyers, they're so important to the mission to advance innovation and to support the small business community at Signet. So I want to know every single one in the world, and I work hard at that. For example, yesterday, if you notice, I don't put retired generals or consultants on the stage. I might once in a while, but it's rare. Mm -hmm. I might put some entrepreneurs on. But I populated 40-minute panel, five speakers, a moderator. A professor might say, Robert, I don't have time to talk. I'm, I'd say, I don't really care. This is not about that. It's about putting as many buyers in the room so the entrepreneurs can have a potential meeting. Yeah. yeah. A product purchase that leads to revenue and valuation increase and exit. I mean, this is all how I think about it, right? Yeah. And same thing with the dinners I've done over the years. Right. Uh, with Kirsten Nielsen and General Kelly when they were Secretary of Homeland or the current secretary who's come to my dinners, uh, Secretary Mayorkas. In fact, he did a keynote for me in um, March of Silicon Valley this year. So it's all about the right people in the room. Heather works really hard to have the right ambiance in the room, as you saw. We had the yeah. details of the flowers and the white furniture on stage. All those things matter. Yeah. So feel comfortable. So the transition to the to the private sector for me was was hard in the beginning that first year, but, but it was really because it was hard that I didn't have a community to build. And I am a community builder and I'm passionate about connecting people. I spent the whole day yesterday, I'm probably introducing <laughs> the entrepreneurs to a ton of CISOs, right? Right, right. Uh, and say, okay, you got 10 seconds, what's your elevator <laughs> pitch? You better get <laughs> exactly. it right. Exactly. Uh, so transition to what Signet is today. We built Signet Connect during COVID. Heather built that. She learned to code. Some people learn to make brownies or play an instrument. She learned to code. It's a highly curated, invitation-only marketplace connecting the investor, buyer, and seller. Actually, which was amazing during the, you know, cancel the conference, the dinners, our core business, uh, we had our most successful business period during COVID. Wow. That. That's amazing. So for, for our listeners that aren't familiar with cybersecurity, like, why do you think people should enter this industry? And why There's now? reasons. Number one, those who are in this industry aren't just lucky, they're blessed. You think about the, the current financial markets and the global economy right now, recession, inflation, all these bad words. You've got a geopolitical challenge right now with a war in, in Ukraine. And you have entrepreneurs who sacrifice a tremendous amount to be successful. So whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a CISO protecting government or industry networks, whether you're a researcher, whether you're an investor, 
anyone that has a hand in the cybersecurity industry is blessed because there's a higher calling for us, not to criticize entrepreneurs that make stemware or furniture or whatever, but we're building products and services that are protecting critical infrastructure. You're protecting the data and IP of a company that is most likely part of the fabric of national security and our economic security. You're protecting the privacy and the inherent rights of free citizens and a free democracy. So all matters. So because of that, there's a higher calling. And there's two points to come out of that when I talk to, to companies. And we mentor companies every single day because I talk to companies every day is the higher calling. And I think the CEO on down to everyone in the company should have that type of mission or sense of purpose, carry that into meetings or conversations because the buyers are going to pick up on that. And the second piece is the importance of moving from transactional personality into one that is concerned or interested in the buyer. What's important to you, Mary or John? What does the attack vector look like for you? What are your top needs and requirements? Do you have some gaps in your, your security plan that maybe we can help with? If not, we'll, we'll leave the meeting and move into making a connection, building a relationship and earning trust. That to me, from the CEO on down to the secretary is a market differentiator. Well, I think that, that you hit on something that I learned 17 years ago joining cybersecurity. And I, I'd come from selling B2B products, whether it be video editing equipment to the NFL, to large data center products for some of the biggest companies in the world. But I I, I always felt like, hey, I, I want to sell something cool and then I want to get paid really well for it. I grew up on the sales side of things and I, um, I'm, I'm, I guess, a capitalist from that perspective. But it was 17 years ago when I joined Network Intelligence, which was a SIM provider uh, that was eventually acquired by EMC. Uh, but a SAN speaker, I, I was the VP of sales and I had my kickoff and I had a SAN speaker come in and talk about what we were doing. And it was the first time in my life I realized like, we're doing something that really means something. Like it, you're, to your point, it's about you know protecting organizations, protecting the country. Uh, and it was really, uh, it, it's the reason I've stayed in the industry and it, it's watched it I, 17 years ago, there were about 150 cybersecurity companies. Today, depending on who you ask, there's 5,000 vendors so that's why you know the opportunity for people to join this industry uh, is so massive. I was just talking with Julian Watts, uh, waits from uh, from Rapid Seven, who said to say hello, and uh, we were talking about what he's doing with Cyversity, and it's all to do with trying to get more people to join join this industry because not only is it mission driven, like you can do something that can change and and make the world a better place. Um, but it also there's a supply and demand, which means these are great paying jobs. And as, as you made the the switch from the the government side to private sector, there's opportunities for for many many people out there. And it's and it's not as scary or as elusive as the the term cybersecurity might make people believe. Like you don't have to be a hands-on keyboard technologist to start. Like we've got a we've got an unbelievable lady that works for us who was a hairstylist working in the salon for 12 years. Uh, who jumped into, you know, decided to make a career change and had a supportive significant other. And she's wonderful. 
so I think that you know organizations like Signet that are helping executives to network and and build that ecosystem. Well, that ecosystem ultimately is going to be about job creation for on a worldwide basis. So I think it's a really exciting time, and I think you're transactional behavior, uh, you know, which is you'd hit on, uh, which was our last question, I think is something that I took from our prep call. And I've been talking to my sales team about it. It's like, we've got to go past the, you know, what is API security to what are the things that are important to you? You know, and it's not the dumb question of what keeps you up at night. It's like, Hey, what are the main initiatives that are on your plate today? And do we align? And if we don't, that's okay. Hey, let's just stay in touch. Don't try to jam ourselves into those places where you know, they've got enough things that are busy. So I think that that transactional behavior and, and helping people to to pivot off of that and to think more long-term. Signet is, is a great example of, it's an organization built on, on a long-term outlook of connecting people, right? And that's why it's grown every year. And I think that people individually can learn a lot from uh, much of what you said today, Robert. Well, thank you. I'm really passionate about it. I mean, if you think about the 5,000 global vendors, well, before COVID, they were deleting your emails and phone calls, texts, and then you throw COVID, can't get to people, especially if you're a young company. I mean, investors, family, and friends, those Rolodex run out fast, and you've got some bad behavior. Bad behavior has driven the CISO away, and they are now recluse. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to get to them. Yeah. So you need to align yourself with a trusted entity or person in a way to get to them along with your, your investors. So again, the importance of moving away from transactional behavior. Absolutely. And all of our vendors can, uh, and me included, we can learn a lot from that. And I think, again, going back to the Signet uh, event, uh, which our, most of our listeners wouldn't have participated in it, but it was much of that was when the uh, CISOs were talking about it, they were definitely talking about it from that perspective is uh, you've got to be more creative and, and find uh, those warm introductions, that's because the cold introductions, they're just, I look at it this way, there's 5,000 vendors ultimately calling on about 20,000 companies, you know, like below 20,000, they're probably too small for most of our enterprise products that we're selling. So yeah, I think it's uh, a much much to do with aligning with organizations like Sina to be able to do that. And uh, again, for our listeners, uh, you know, Robert is a uh, Great person to you know kind of keep an eye on from a social media perspective. Uh, like I said, his organization's not for the entry level people, but uh, there's a lot of great things going on within that organization that I'm sure I know on a day to day basis help the greater industry. So thank you very much for everything you do, Robert. Well, pleasure. I enjoyed this session. So thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely, thank you, and have a great day and uh, safe travels home. All right, take care. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. Yeah.